it's a tiny little story overshadowed by a gigantic drama. You've probably never heard of Malachi Pickett. But in this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I want to share a little bit about him, his life, and what it means today. Stick around. I'll be right back. So in 1864, Malachi Pickett's grist mill was destroyed and never rebuilt shortly after the Battle of Pickett's Mill, which was part of the Atlanta campaign during the Civil War. The battle itself was a devastating Union loss, one of the most uh, lopsided losses that they suffered. In fact, it was, it was so terrible that General Sherman refused to admit that it happened. It was, it was terrible. And the Pickett's Mill historic site is near my home, and it's a, it's a beautiful place with great hiking trails and just incredible history. When you see what those armies were doing, as you look at the way the land lays, you realize it was just a series of bad decisions that led to tremendous loss of life. But in the middle of all that, there's Malachi Pickett. Malachi Pickett had come into the area and settled uh, sometime around the 1840s and had built a grist mill on what is now known as Pickett's Creek. And it was, it's an incredible piece of engineering. When you, when you look at what they did, he, he built a dam on a spot where the creek was, was high and then put in the foundation of the mill, which is still standing. The foundation is still there. It's about all that's left. And then there was the, of course, the wheel, the water wheel, with the overhead sluice, it was a, a, a top shot wheel, so the water would come off of the mill pond created by the dam, run through the sluice, turn the water wheel, and the continuous flow of water kept the wheel moving, which operated a series of gears inside the mill house, which turned the grist mill, the actual grist stone, gigantic stone, that continually turned, one stone would turn continually, the other one would stay static, and then the corn and the wheat and the barley would be um, dropped through a, another sluice into the mill and would come out on the other end as flour or cornmeal. And the area was settled by... Uh, basically subsistence farmers. It was not a wealthy area. It's kind of hilly. Um, so you had a, a group of families who all lived here who worked the land and grew just enough food to keep themselves alive. And, you know, that was it. And the mill was an essential part of the community. The people 
of course, would all come to Malachi's mill and he would grind their, grind their grains and keep a portion for himself to either eat or sell. And that's how he maintained his life. It was a very simple way to live. And I think the sobering thing for me as I'm sitting here, I'm actually sitting at the, the battle site. I just walked past the mill site a moment ago. And I couldn't help but think about Malachi and his family who were settled here. They were living their lives. They were productive members of the community. They were, you know, they were smart. He's inventive. He's obviously, I mean, again, this is, this is a marvel of engineering uh, before the Industrial Revolution. I mean, just the way the thing worked was pretty amazing. And I'm sure it was hard physical labor, but it was so necessary and essential to preserve the lives of the very simple, ordinary people who lived in the area who were all working together just to get by. And I'm sure that the rumors of the war were flying around. I'm sure by 1864, most of the young men uh, would have either been drafted, conscripted, or had gone off to join the Southern Army, mostly, although I'm sure there were some that went up north and joined the Union because opinion was divided. Opinion was divided about what the war was even about and what the value of it was. But for simple men like Malachi Pickett, I'm sure all he really wanted was to be left alone, to run his mill, to raise his family, to live his life, and then to pass that legacy on to his children. And then in 1864, in March, the Union Army showed up into the area. And like so many others, all Malachi Pickett and his family could do would be to gather what few things they could load and carry and flee before the storm. Their house was burned to the ground. The mill dam was dynamited. And the mill itself was raised by the Union Army because they didn't want any survivors to have food. It was war. Malachi Pickett died shortly after the war was over and his mill was never rebuilt and the life that he had carved for himself through his hard labor and his love for the land, the community, and the people was gone just like that. When we think about the Civil War, we think about North and South, we think about states' rights and 
slavery. We think about all of these big issues and we miss that this conflict was really about people. In our current moment where there is storm clouds on the horizon, there is a lot of a lot of angry, disgruntled, passionate people who are divided. We are as divided today as we were in the 1860s, if not more. And it seems to me that the powers that be are doing everything they can to drive the wedge in deeper and deeper. And the inevitable conclusion will be the fracturing of our civilization, our culture, our country. And what of Malachi Pickett? What of the individual who doesn't want to lose everything they have and yet so easily swallowed up by the grand conflict. I don't have answers for that. And I know this is not the most encouraging podcast I've ever recorded. But I think it's important. It's important for people to step back and look it's important for us to remember the past. As it's been said often, those who fail to learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. And my friends, we are in repeat mode right now. The greatest conflict our nation ever endured. It was not inflicted by a foreign enemy. It was inflicted by competing ideologies and the refusal to find common ground. There is a time to resist and a time to endure. I believe that the time to resist is now. I believe that the political forces are working to dismantle and destroy everything so that it can be built back better. That's their words, not mine. And maybe I'm just a cynical old man, but that's what it feels like to me. Fortunately, in the midst of all that, there is faith. Because ultimately, as I have said before, I am not a Democrat nor am I a Republican. I am not a party libertarian because it's a weak and miserable party. I am a theocratic monarchist. I believe that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that he is in control. And ultimately, a million years from now, what will be important is did we live by faith and we live eternally in his presence, or did we live selfishly 
and we live separated. I think that's the big question. And the only answer that I have for this feeling in my heart that things are getting worse and going to be much, much worse is the confidence that I have that in the end, the Lord will return. He will make things right. There will be justice, although there is no justice today. There will be love, although love seems to be hard to find on the macro scale today. Certainly is found within our homes, our churches, and hopefully our communities. So, as the storm approaches, as the hooves of the horses begin to rumble in the distance, but inevitably moving in our direction, Hold fast to this truth. There is a God. He loves you. And he's with you no matter what. But sometimes, sometimes we are required to stand, to not turn and run. Sometimes the best we can do is get out of the way and hold fast to our convictions and those things which we, we hold dear. That's what I am doing. That's what I am convinced we should all do. And in the midst of all of that, as we encounter one another along the way, let us be graceful. Let us agree to disagree if we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Let's give more than we take. Let's share from our abundance so that others might have. Let's be the children of God. That doesn't mean we have to be dish rags and doormats. The meek will inherit the earth, Jesus said. He also said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I believe the truth is we are in the midst of an incredible spiritual battle. We have been for two years. I believe that as followers of Jesus, it is time to take that stand, resist the devil, live with our eyes open, Pray hard and be prepared to depend on God, not ourselves. Certainly not our stacks of money. Certainly not our convenience and our largesse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. 
It restores my soul. That is where we need to live today, tomorrow, and in the days ahead. Well, I hope this was encouraging, maybe. Sobering as well. The sky is blue where I'm sitting. The sun is out. It's warming up. It's a beautiful day. The birds are singing and they are fed. We have nothing to fear. And should we lose our life in the battle, we will gain eternity. And that, that is our hope. Be faithful, my friends. And until we meet again, travel well. Enjoy the journey. Don't let the devil steal your joy. And know that you are loved by the one who created you with a plan and a purpose and a passion. Until next time, God bless. So I really, really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I appreciate you sharing it on social media or just by word of mouth. Appreciate you following it, liking it, rating it if possible on whatever outlet that you're enjoying it on. And appreciate all the encouragement that I've gotten along the way. The nine of you still inspire me. And I really, really thank you all from the very bottom of my heart. So again, till we meet again, God bless. Thanks.